Welcome to Taking the Higher Road, a special show dedicated to the trucking industry, specifically at the confluence of recruiting, retention, and compliance. In the fourth year as the host of this show, I bring over two decades of industry experience, both on the carrier side as well as the vendor side. And each week I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges. I always appreciate your feedback, good or bad. Don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road on your preferred platform. I'd also like to thank and highlight the show's valuable sponsors. Their dedication and commitment to the industry and to the show is greatly appreciated. If you're interested in being a sponsor of Taking the Higher Road or joining me for an interview, please send me an email at jeremy at takingthehighroad.com. This week, I'm honored to be joined by an amazing woman with an amazing story who's quickly become a close friend of mine, Marina Ivanov, co-founder of Apex Transit LLC, 75 truck fleet based in North Carolina. Great to have you on the show, Marina. Thank you, Jeremy. The pleasure is mine. Excited to be here. Well, there's so much to talk about. You know, first, as I said, you have an amazing story. I'm excited to share it with the audience. I love your grit, your passion, your energy. Uh, perhaps we can start with your background and how you got started in the industry leading to where you are today. Uh, I'd love to discuss the challenging environment we're all operating in, you know, how you had to evolve to, you know, weather the storm. And uh, you're very active and engaged in the industry. You're, you're on North Carolina uh, Trucking Association's Board of Directors. You're an advocate for trucking on Capitol Hill. We can talk about how that engagement has been beneficial for you personally and as a carrier. Uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit about Ukraine. I know it's been a, a tough couple of years, to say the least. And uh, and lastly, we'll answer a question from a listener during our Deeper Dive segment. Does that work for you? Sounds great. Let's roll. All right. Well, before we dive in, uh, I am curious if you have any book recommendations for the audience, anything you've read that was impactful to you. What a great question. I love reading. It's one of my favorite hobbies. I have enjoyed fiction for a long time, but lately I've just been devouring any kind of mindset books because I've been uh, really focused on personal growth and that translates into business as well. So one of my favorites that started the game was Mindset by Carolyn Dweck. Um, currently also listening to, or I just finished Stolen Focus, which is an incredible book about what the technology and how much focus we've lost over the last couple of years. Uh, Personal development book-wise, Letting Go by David Hopkins is one of my absolute favorites. It's a great book on uh, handling emotions. And uh, a few more. Right now, I'm eating. Uh, <laughs> right now, I'm eating. Right now, I'm listening to Eat the Frog, Eat That Frog, which is great about tackling. Have you Have you read that one yet? I haven't, but I'm familiar with the concept. Yeah. It's, I'm actually listening to that book with my kids in the car on the way to school and helping them understand that tackling your biggest task first thing in the morning is the best way to go. Yep. Get it out of the way. Those are some really good recommendations. Uh, I read Stolen Focus. The others I wrote down, I'm going to add them to my Goodreads uh, uh, list of books to read. And if we're not connected on Goodreads, we definitely should be. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great tool. And I, and I appreciate that. I, I enjoy that you like to read and like books based on, uh, uh, you know, just personal growth. I think that's, that's healthy. And, and, and I do this. I enjoy that as well. Um, uh, I feel like you personify the American dream with your story. Uh, if you don't mind sharing your background and, you know, you and your husband both, uh, emigrated from Ukraine, uh, yes. when you were younger, can you maybe share about your background and, and then what attracted you to the trucking industry to start a small growing fleet? 
Absolutely. Thank you, Jeremy. How much time do you have? <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of a long story. I'll try to shorten it. But um, I immigrated to this country when I was 10 years old and my husband was five. We met here uh, in Charlotte, but my dad actually started as an owner operator in 2000. And he has, and we immigrated in 1998. This was an opportunity for him to make a living uh, while he was learning the language. And uh, he was able to be successful in it for a long time. And, but I got to see firsthand what it's like to be a driver. I drove with him many times out west, um, from New York to Oregon to Washington and had a lot of stories during that time. And I just noticed the amount of stress that he went through, uh, the issues with hours of service, how they're some difficult for the drivers and they have a lot of things against them to make it happen. And I just, felt this, like, I don't want to be in this industry. I told myself I'll never be in trucking. And I was going to, I was studying to become a dentist. I was a dental hygienist for several years. And life happened where um, during 2012, when our construction company, my husband's construction company wasn't going so well and we were struggling. And one of the things that we've always wanted, or my husband has always wanted was to have his own business. And I wasn't on board because I just wanted to have an easy kind of like, I know trucking is not easy. So I got on board and wanted to support him. But lo and behold, I just fell in love with it. I started doing every step of the way from safety to driver recruiting to accounting. I taught myself, started going, I took accounting classes. I learned everything I could from recruiting, even listening to your podcasts or your webinars from the beginning on web on recruiting. That was one of my the information that I got. So thank you for that. Yeah, you got you 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 grew to a, to to where you are today, a seventy five truck fleet. I mean, I think that's that's tough in these times, and and we'll we'll touch on that here shortly. Uh, but how did tell me what got you started with your with your first truck? What was that like? How how did that happen? So, and my dad was our first owner operator for about a year. And then actually in 2014 in January, so we've got our ten year anniversary this month of when we purchased our first truck, and we literally scraped up enough savings to purchase our first truck and then lease a trailer at like a crazy rate because at that time we didn't have any credit to build up but it was uh, one truck 10 years ago and now we've built it up to 75 I'm really proud of how far we've come how far we've come it's uh it hasn't been easy. There's been a lot of challenges. We learn from mistakes. Uh, but one thing I am proud of is the way that we treat our people and who we are as a company. I'm going to want to unpack the how you treat your 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 people in a little bit because I know that that's something about you. I mentioned earlier that I love your your grit and your passion, but you also what I've gotten to know you also a very empathetic person, a very compassionate person, and I can imagine working for you um, how how valuable that is. And I think from a retention standpoint, I know that you know that's something that has uh, probably helped you know, keep your, your people there and, and, and behind you. But before we, before we go there, I would like to share with the audience, just, you know, full disclosure, Apex Transit is a customer of Driver Reach, the company uh, I founded. And, uh, you know, Marina, you and I finally had the opportunity to meet in person last year at ATA's MCNE conference in Austin, Texas. And I remember talking then about the the challenging environment that we were in the midst of. And it seems like we're still in the midst of it. It seems like we're always in the midst of it. Um, can you share how that's been for Apex? Like, you know, how you've had to evolve and navigate through this period? 
Absolutely. So we've had a, a tremendous amount of growth from 2020 and up until now. And at that time, luckily, there was a lot of freight and it was wonderful. We, everybody was having fun. Whoever had the truck was happy. And we've seen a dramatic decrease in that starting in February of 22. Hey, uh, Jeremy, this has been an unprecedented time. You know, this, this last few 18 months have been very challenging for Apex. We have seen uh, decline in the freight availability, and that has impacted us greatly in that you know, there's certain lanes and procedures that we've built up uh, that are no longer available, and now we have to figure out a different way. And what that has created for me is an opportunity for me to grow. I personally actually like this time because it's, it's, it's a very challenging time, and it has forced me to grow and to look at other options and to look at our policies, our procedures, and see at, where at Apex are we operationally efficient and where are we not, and how can we improve? Uh, like, and 21, I think anyone with a truck could have been successful. So this is the times that shows the companies that are truly dedicated to this industry that they are successful if they can get through this time. It, it is a challenge. It's, there's no question. It's been, it's been tough. And kind of to your point, looking internally, how do I make things better? And your involvement in the industry, I'm sure also helps a ton. And, and I, you know, both as a as a leader, right, inside and outside of your organization, I'm sure. Can you, I, I do want to talk about your uh, drivers, you know, they're having a tough time too, right? You know, uh, how are you engaging with them to, to ensure they feel heard and understand that kind of you're all in this together? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, are we just run, we have different departments in terms of that we have s- several drivers are paid based on the work performed and daily rate. So uh, we have worked really hard to ensure that we don't cut drivers pay and we don't reduce their livelihood or we or that we don't ruin their livelihood. So a lot of our drivers under our understanding of what's going on because we have been committed and loyal to them and in turn they have been loyal to us. We haven't um, you know, up their pay like crazy to retain them when it was hot. We've been very consistent and steady and we've and we continue to do that for them even when the freight has slowed down. And there's a lot of respect that happens when you do things like this. And our drivers are, I actually have a great team of drivers. I have a, a really, really good team. Um, I'm proud of the folks who are part of Apex. I, I feel like I have the cream of the crop. We work really hard on our recruiting strategies and our retention strategies to make sure that we keep those drivers. And there's been, we just recently had a Christmas party and the sentiment that we got with those drivers that we're here with you through whatever you go through. Yeah, that says a lot, but that says a lot about leadership too, right? Cause that generally, that's a top down thing. And uh, that's what I meant when I referenced, you know, compassion and, and empathy is it always comes across as real and genuine and, and you get so much more from people when they know that you care. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really want to throw this out because this is important to me is that uh, my my dad being a driver, my husband started off as a driver and being the wife and the daughter of, of the, I, I never drove myself, so I can't speak my own personal experience, but I always saw it from the like a close perspective and my I'm passionate about our drivers because I see how they're treated. And my goal is to uh, create a company in a place where they're respected and valued. And this is what I do on a bigger scale. Why my involvement is to create an environment where this industry of drivers can thrive, where we have new uh, workforce coming in and they have basic, their basic needs met and they can drive and continue this wonderful industry that we all love. Well, speaking of, 
Uh, you are uh, very active and engaged in the industry. I mentioned that you're on the uh, NCTA board um, and you attend, you know, call on Washington. Uh, you've, uh, you know, different industry events. Uh, can you share how being an active leader in the industry has helped you as a, as a fleet uh, for Apex and also individually? Yeah, absolutely. I have grown and learned so much as being involved. I am very passionate about this industry because it has allowed us to live the American dream. There's very few places where you can just show up with a dream, scrape up a little bit of money, buy a truck, buy a few more and build up a company just on grit and determination alone. We didn't have a business degree. We don't have a logistics degree. I didn't have anyone... Uh, I didn't start working anywhere in logistics to help us with the, everything we learned uh, ourselves. And so this is an industry where people come in and can build something great if they want to. And I want to try to preserve it and help it grow as much as I can. That's why I'm involved in both on the state level and the national level. I love doing our calls in Raleigh. This is where we get to speak with our elected officials and get to tell them what works and what doesn't work. Uh, there are several, uh, right, recently I was just quoted with the Tar Heels article on the Modern Clean uh, Act, Modern Clean Truck Act, which would basically eliminate the excise tax. I'm not sure if you're aware, but every new truck that we purchase has a 12% uh, tax, excise tax that was established during World War One to help fund the First World War. We won the war. We don't need this tax anymore, but it continues to create a financial burden for trucking companies to purchase newer trucks. And so now there's a lot of issues with emissions and EPA and where we could utilize. Anyway, sorry, I'm going off a tangent, but this is, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about it. We can, if we can just get newer trucks on the road, repeal this tax, we can actually help the environment and help the truckies, the truckers out there who are using, who can have newer equipment that's more ergonomically uh, developed, that is easier to drive, that has better systems in place. So that's what I'm working on currently uh, with our state level and our national level where we want to, extend. that's on the table now. We're talking about repealing this tax where before it was like, that's impossible. But now that we're adding the environmental piece to it, more and more people are coming to the table and it's becoming a bipartisan issue. Sorry, I went out of tangent. <laughs> I love it though, because the, the point is being involved is what opens your eyes to what's going on out there. And, and, and as you know, and people say this all the time, if you're, if you're, if you don't have a seat at the table, you're on the menu. It's important to have a seat at the table and you get it. And that's why showing up, uh, attending, being engaged and involved is, uh, you're, you're, you're taking your seat. Now I'm curious, uh, in an industry that is predominantly male, do you feel that being a female leader has been an advantage or a disadvantage for you? That's a great question, Jeremy. I actually had a whole article about this with Volvo Trucks. They just recently featured Apex as one of, and one of the things that we talked about was diversity. And this is something that I've actually had a lot of time to think about recently. And to tell you the truth, I started off feeling like that was a disadvantage. I, I had a lot of a lack of confidence where I didn't think that anyone would take me seriously being a woman uh, talking about trucks. <laughs> and I was very wrong and learned later on that that could be actually a superpower. But I would hide behind my husband's email and LinkedIn where I would send messages from his profile uh, when I was trying to reach out to prospective customers. And um, it took me a long time. It took a lot of growth. It took a lot of uh, um, involvement in the association for help for, for me to see that I do have a lot to offer, especially when it comes to the driver retention and the culture building of the company. It started off as a disadvantage, but now you recognize that it's a superpower. 
And I'm starting to believe that more and more. And I think it's just more of the fact that we all have our strength. You know, there's, it's not one is better than the other. We're all, I wouldn't say that's equal, but it's, uh, I would say that it's equal, but different at the same time. I don't know how to explain it where everyone has their different strength. And my strength is more on relational strength building where I love to hear people's stories. I love to talk to people and especially, and to me, uh, there's a sense of equality in all, everyone deserves respect whether it is my customer or it is my driver. It's the same, uh, the way I talk to my driver is the same way that I talk to my customers. So it's not one is higher or better than the other. And that comes from being a female. We, we see folks are more in a linear fashion where sometimes the, the male perspective has a hierarchical uh, viewpoint and not always, but that's typically how it is. So that's where I think the superpower comes from, the, the way that we're able to see everyone on the same level and treat everyone at the same level of respect. Well, I think that you, as a woman in the industry, as in a male-dominated industry, I do think that it is an advantage personally. Um, and again, I'm looking at this through through a different lens. But that said, I think that um, when you are smart, assertive, engaged, you care, it really doesn't matter, you know, uh, male or female. They just people just want to work with people they know and trust, and and you certainly come across that way. And I and I do want to. Switch gears uh, a bit and, and and talk about Ukraine. As uh, as I've shared with you and, and now I'll share with the audience, um, I've got employees in Ukraine uh, and have been very uh, close uh, with them for 10 years. They're, they're family to me. Uh, I love them. And it, it hurts when I see what they're going through. Um, thank God they're safe, uh, at least so far. Um, but, you know, that could certainly change. And and they've all lost loved ones during this invasion. Uh, you and your husband are from Ukraine. Uh, you have family there. How has the past two years been for them? And how are you coping with this ongoing dilemma? Jeremy, it's been really heavy. Um, you know, the first few months when we found out, I just, you know, I was distraught and you know, I was worried. I was constantly on the phone. I have folks uh, near Odessa, that my cousins and then my aunts and uncles on the mom's side, they all live there. And recently uh, we've had uh, five families immigrate to the U.S. and Canada to, uh, to escape the invasion because it was coming closer and closer to home. One of the home, like one of the uh, towns that I used to go to vacation in the summer near the sea has been invaded. And, you know, it just gets really close to home and it breaks my heart to see what's happening. And it's been, it's been hard. Um, thank you for asking and thank you for caring. Well, it's, it's, it's hard not to, because like I said, they're family uh, yeah. to me. And um, so, and in, in, in honor of, of, of you and, and your, uh, your heritage, I'm wearing my uh, Slava Ukraini uh, shirt. And That's I did awesome. share with you, uh, that my whole family has become fans of the Ukrainian band Boombox. I so, love uh, that. We band. started listening to them shortly after the invasion. <laughs> yes, that's so uh, cool. I have no idea what they're saying, but the music is cool. I really like it. I'll translate for no, you. It is very do cool. You... It's not. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, do you get a sense uh, that we're nearing the end of this freight recession, or I mean, where are we? It always seems like it's six months out, no matter where you are. Right, it's six months out. What's your prognostication for 2024? What do you think? What are you seeing? 
uh, another great question. I love this one. I'm always, I'm an eternal optimist, very optimistic. I also believe that at any time, like even in the tough times, there's always people who are doing well and I want to be one of those people. Um, and I, I'm the cheerleader also in the company. So whenever there's these bad weeks, guys, it's just one week. <laughs> I've been saying that for a long time. Please can turn around at any point. But uh, what I see from, you know, I think it's going to be a little bit longer than we thought, but from all the resources that I've been reading and looking into, it seems like probably the first or, I mean, the second quarter, by the end of the second quarter, we'll see a turnaround. Is that kind of what you're seeing? What are your thoughts? I, I, I hope you're right. Uh, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if turnaround seems an aggressive word, maybe bottoming and then like, at least knowing that we're not, it's not going to get worse, or at least feeling that I think is, uh, that's, that's a glass half full, you know, perspective, I think. And, and I think that's what I continue to hear and see, but we have to keep, you know, our finger on the pulse and, you know, and, and stay focused. I very much agree with you on that one. And I think we'll never see uh, the COVID years again. That was very just wild, the swings. I think we'll just normalize and stabilize and we'll go back to kind of how it was with the minor ups and downs, but not as intense. So, Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That's, that's a little bit more predictable. Um, let's, being that we only got a minute or so left, uh, this is a good opportunity to get into our uh, deeper dive question, which is a question submitted by a listener. Uh, the question is, I'm finding that keeping our best drivers busy so they stay here is more important than recruiting new drivers. Am I alone in feeling this way? Uh, that sounds like a retention uh, question. What are your thoughts on, say, maybe, uh, hey, do you agree and, and, and do you value retention maybe over just replacing? Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And that's the focus at Apex. There's such a value in getting to know your drivers and keeping the same ones. I love seeing the, the drivers that I've hired in 2019 come through the door. I love giving, I can come in and say, give them a hug. How is your vacation? How are your kids? How's your son doing in college? That personal one on one that you can build up with your drivers where they feel valued. They feel like they have a work home and that they're appreciated there is so huge. And that goes a long way. Every time you hire a new driver, you run the risk of not knowing what their safety behaviors are. A lot of times there's, you know, things are coachable. It is better to work with the drivers that you have than just turn and burn, turn and burn and hope the next one's better because you don't know what's going to come through the door. It's better to keep the ones that you have happy. That's my motto. That makes sense. And I thank you uh, for that take. Um, and and again, thank you so much for joining us today, Marina. I, I really appreciate your grit, your passion for the industry, and I'm honored to be your friend. I wish you and Apex Transit a prosperous year ahead. Thank you, Jeremy. I'm honored to be your friend as well. I'm so glad we had this conversation and I hope there's more to come. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road. Stay tuned next week as Chris Henry, Chief Operating Officer at KSM Transport Advisors, joins me as we discuss how some of the best fleets are operating and navigating through these challenging times. And once again, special thanks to the sponsors of the show. We really appreciate you. If you're interested in being a sponsor of Taking the Higher Road or joining me for an interview, please send me an email at jeremy at takingthehighroad.com. And lastly, don't forget to rate and review Taking the Higher Road. And please share or forward to your industry peers. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road. I
Залишилось 